quick one if you'd like to support us on our journey to a thousand please do consider subscribing or following this podcast wherever it is you're listening to this thank you yeah, I, was, I was in Jamaica last year and I was like everything is so green in Jamaica mm. like I was like I'm loving it and that's the thing like we are from nature and if you think about like our ancestors we were like so connected to nature and so connected to the land and over time that connection has been severed by racism but what we're trying to do is kind of like bring that connection back. Rianne Fatanikan is the founder of Black Girls Hike an organisation that he's founded to challenge the lack of representation in the great outdoors and to provide a safe space for black women to explore and reconnect with nature. Things, one of the main reasons why I started Black Girls Hike is there's just no representation. So we had a weekend last year and some of the feedback from our members was that they complained we didn't have black instructors you just don't get black instructors in the outdoors so that's one thing that we're trying to have a push on at the moment we're trying to like create like loads of training programs so that eventually in the future people you know see people that are like them and make it more be more aspirational for them the idea is i don't want people to like put me on a pedestal and be like she's our leader i'd like them to be inspired by me and feel empowered that they can do it themselves do you know what i mean because we're all just normal people and everybody has that something in them where they could make a change it's just kind of like it's the self-belief that people are lacking and so like I don't want them to see me as like a leader I want them to see me as an encourager thank you so much for coming on to a thousand voices Ryan how are you doing today I'm good thank you thanks for inviting me oh anytime anytime I really really like well appreciate the work that you're doing and I was saying just before we start recording so when when um, I told my wife about um, Black Girls Hike, she was like so excited. I think it's so, so such a unique and a, you know, a really, really cool concept, something different. You don't really come across a lot of organizations doing stuff like that. Um, and I love what you guys are about, love what you're doing. And I thought it'd be great you know, to get you one and shine some light on all the amazing work that you and the team are doing. So thank yeah. you for coming on. Very, very much appreciated. So I always like to start off with just setting a bit of a foundation um let people know you know where you come from and all of that so just to begin yeah can you just talk about your upbringing you know where you grew up and what the family dynamic was like so I'm from Greater Manchester originally but I spent most of my childhood growing up in Lancashire but I never tell anybody that I just say I'm from Manchester so I spent (laughs) most of my childhood growing up in Lancashire with my mum and I'm one of I'm the youngest of four um when I was in school I was like really athletic so I was on like all of the teams had a javelin record at my school for like three years um and I used to do like cross country and that was like school and then I went to uni in Nottingham and Birmingham and because I lived like in Lancashire when I was thinking about going to uni I was literally just thinking of like the furthest place I could go that was affordable because obviously I couldn't go to London it was like the Midlands and I really enjoyed it there and I just kind of felt like when I got there I just feel like I kind of I think I rediscovered myself when I first went to uni. Um, yeah, because I'm from like a really white place. Right, um, right. So where I'm from, it's like, I was like the only black person at my school. And where I'm from, like the town that I grew up in, went to high school and it's like very white and Asian. So there's like no, there's no black families at all. So like I wasn't ever really part of like a community as such, the way I am now with Black Girls Hike. So I love it. That's really cool. When you talk about discovering yourself at uni, like discovering yourself in, in what sense you're talking about because you met more black people there or? 
yeah because i i ended up like meeting more black people i was I kind of became a bit more cultural a bit more culturally aware and just kind of like started like discovering myself and just having like new experiences that i hadn't been able to have before yeah i, I think it's, it's really important anyway being around people that you know can maybe come from the same background as you or can relate to things that you go through as opposed to like feeling isolated and things yeah. like that um and yeah i mean i suppose that's what um makes black girls like so cool um as well you know being around people you know you're, you're venturing out into like a, a new sort of what do you call it like a new world for a lot of people a lot mm -hmm. of people haven't experienced the outdoors like that and mm. to do that with a group of people who look like you who probably haven't experienced it as much as well mm -hmm. um it's really cool i think you know maybe it feels like a strong kind of bond or sisterhood and that strong community feel yeah definitely it is yeah. is it someone calls it sisterhood and scenery no sisterhood and scenery someone called it that a few years ago and i kind of stole that line sisterhood so yeah it's and scenery. Like, yeah sisterhood and scenery and sometimes sun <laughs> Some, it, with this british whatever the way it is you never know <laughs> well this is the thing as well and it's really funny because our group is like we're really fair weather hikers they call it and that's like the term for people that only really go out in like the warmer months so like from like march to like september like we're super super active and then them cold months everyone's just stuck everyone's just inside <laughs> posting I, old pictures <laughs> I, I don't blame you don't blame you okay so them times there yeah so when you've gone to university mm -hmm. what were your career ambitions those times do you know, I didn't ever have any like solid career ambitions. And I think that's really interesting because I did some mentoring recently and they were talking about how when you're at school, they basically just like teach you to pass exams and go to uni. And there's never anything really about like what you want to do after uni. So I remember when I first went to uni in the Midlands and I met loads of people from London and they were all like, doing work experiences, doing work experience, getting apprenticeships, like they really knew how to kind of like bolster their career opportunities. And I had no idea. I was just thought like, I wanted to do sociology. I started doing sociology and cultural studies because that was my interest, but I never had any idea where it would take me. The initial course that I planned on doing was community development. I really wanted to do either community development or criminology. And then I changed my course to do international studies because that had like an element of community development in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I feel that a lot of people anyways, I know a lot, a lot of young people just kind of go, like you said, it's just a, what you're meant to do. You go to school, get your grades, go to university. People don't really know what they want to do with themselves. A lot of people haven't even found themselves at that age, let alone know what you want yeah. to do with your life. You just kind of go along with it because it's yeah. what you're meant to do true but then also as well you meet a lot of people that are so kind of focused that it puts you under loads of pressure and you just feel like oh, i'm not where i should be because i should be this focused and i'm not yeah yeah no of course of course but then that's the thing about trying not to it's something i struggle with anyway as well especially in the social media age when you look and you see people who are like who look like they're they're winning in life they look mm -hmm. like they've got everything sorted and you're sitting here trying to figure out oh my gosh like <laughs> i don't know what i want to do next uh, yeah. But it's that, I guess it's that kind of thing, you know, trying to run your own race and not compare yourself to other people. Like, this is the thing. Yeah, you need to really trust the timing of your life and like kind of like wait for things to happen when they should, which sometimes just seems like a bit of fluff. And 
you're like, oh, whatever. That's like having too much faith in nothing. But I think sometimes it's it's really difficult when you're comparing yourself with people all the time. Like the comparison, it's like the thief of joy, isn't it? So like I went mm. to uni when I was like 19, but then I quit when I was like 21. So all of my friends were like going down the career route and I was just doing like office jobs and just feeling like they were like in the fast lane and I was like walking on the hard shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what was life like for you them times then when you were doing those office jobs before Black Girls Hike? It was frustrating because you know what the offices are like? They're just like microaggression central. I don't know why we call it microaggression because they're very mm. macro, but I used, to, um, <laughs> I used to work in the civil service and the civil service, a lot of people will liken it to the council. So you basically, people, back in the day, it was like a really good job to have and it was stable. So you get people that kind of went there from school and never really had any real aspirations so now they've like worked there in the same position for like 30 years and they're just really like uninspired and they're just and it was just quite like quite a toxic environment majority of them were quite racist as well so you'd have to be like really wary of like you know like what kind of conversations you get into at work Mm, everything's mm. just got to be like base level you're talking about the weather and people's kids and you just don't even care like it's just so exhausting <laughs> that workplace small talk oh it's horrible <laughs> it's horrible oh I'm so glad I'm not there anymore Where, whereabouts was that was that still in wait, Great, Greater Manchester yeah, that was in, yeah so that was in Greater Manchester so where I live now I've lived for like eight years so I literally just used to work at the local like civil service office it's like 10 minute walk from my house so it was like really comfortable job I don't know what you'd have to do to get sacked from the civil service so you just take the mic while you're there and it's just a cushy kind of thing but I did like loads of community like I did like loads of community volunteering um, and I was started studying part-time as well while I was working there so even though it was an unfulfilling job at the time I felt like at least I'm doing stuff to kind of get me out of here if you know what I mean yeah yeah but it seems like you've always been to community you know things in a way in some way shape or form for a while like you wanted to start yeah. at uni yeah. uh, you've been doing community work on the side and now you're actively working and building your own community yeah because community is so important and I just think that we a lot of people don't necessarily like really live in like in solid communities so for example me and my neighbours were like all really good friends, have the phone numbers, they helped me out with everything. And I met someone recently from London and he was telling me that he lived in the same block for like seven years and he didn't really know, his, he didn't even know who his neighbour was. And I was like, I feel really lucky that I live in like a community where I feel like people are checking for me. And, and that's the kind of thing that I like to foster as well. Like that kind of like community feel like, I always say with Black Girls Hike. So when I was younger, I used to do drama we used to do this like yeah. trust exercise where you'd like stand on a table and then you fall back and you've got to wait for people to catch you. Oh. And that's what it's like with Black Girls Hike now. Like I could never fall because I've always like got that community there. And it's just it's just really important in like everything you do, just knowing that you've got that backing. That's it. Love that analogy. Uh, we've not been able to fall because you've got that community behind you. Yeah. How did So let's talk about Black Girls Hike. How did it start? Where, yeah. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? So I, so while I was working in the civil service and I was like studying part time and I was a union rep in the civil service. And even though I was like volunteering and studying part time, I was still like feeling like I'm just not getting where I want to as quick, if you know what I mean. So I was actually coming back from, I've been on a course to be an advanced union rep and I was coming back um, on a train through the Peak District. 
And I was just like watching all these people get on and off. And I was like, I've been thinking about things to do for my well-being. I had like loads of time on my hands and wanted to take up a new hobby. And I was like, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take up hiking. And I just did, that was it. I just like took a video out the window and was like, I'm taking up hiking this year and tagged it BGH. But there is a bit more of a backstory to that. But I never, I don't usually tell it because you know how the media these days, they love that trauma porn and they love anything that's like, oh, mm. tell us about your terrible experience. And it's just like, no, that's not my whole story. But basically a couple of years before I started Black Girls Hike, someone nearly ran me over and mm. it was in there. It's on YouTube, actually. It's called Pedestrian Cheats Death because I, right. got, I got diagnosed with PTSD after it and I was started getting really anxious and I was getting really anxious about how I was spending my time because even though I was like going to work and doing like community stuff and studying, I still felt like I needed to be doing something more worthwhile with my time because I was frustrated that I wasn't getting to where I wanted to be career-wise. So that was the idea behind BGH, just to create a space for me to kind of like have a breather. But then it was also always like a natural thing to create the space for black women because safe spaces are just so important. Um, and a lot of people always say, well, why did you not try and join the Ramblers or anything like that? And I'm just like, no, I want to deal with people that I can relate to only, if you know what I mean. Like in my free time, my recreation time, I'm not like doing the stuff that you have to do at work where you've got to like put on that mask and be like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> None of that. Not, not in my free time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, all right. So you've started, well, you come up with the idea on the train from mm -hmm. going to the Peak District. And how did the first hack come about? And what was that like? So I basically just like put something on Instagram. I looked in the Manchester Evening News for like walks around Man Greater Manchester. And then like I didn't even go and do a practice route of it first. And then just advertised it on Instagram and was like, oh, who wants to come on this hike on this day? And I had no idea who would come. But we had like 14 people turn up on that first day. And we also had a journalist from the Voice newspaper come and she put us on the front page. And then it just kind of like started spiraling from there. Like every time I put up a post to say, oh, we've been on a hike, people would be like, when's your next hike? Are you doing mm -hmm. hikes here? Are you doing hikes there? And I, never, I didn't actually think that we would get that uh, much interest, to be honest. So, so when you started it, did you start it with the mindset that, like with an entrepreneurial mindset, like, okay, this is going to become what it is now? Or was it, you no. just, you just wanted to go on a hike? Yeah, it was just, <laughs> I just wanted to, so it was just supposed to be like a meetup group and I would have put it on meetup, but you have to pay for meetup. And I was like, I'm not paying seven pound a month for that app. <laughs> I just do it on Instagram. And then that was literally the only reason it was just supposed to be like a, you know, a meetup for people to get to know each other and go and do something different. Have you, have you always been the kind of person that, how do I put it? It's like once you've said, I'm going to do something, like I want, once I want to do something, I'm just going to go and do it. I don't, you know, because I, like, I'll talk from a personal perspective. Yeah. Uh, I feel that I, there's always, there's things I want to do, but I think about it like a million times over. Mm -hmm. And it really slows me down, like mm -hmm. a lot of the time, even Thousand Voices. I've mm -hmm. been wanting to do it for a long time, but you think about it a million times over, and you're trying to perfect it in your head before I even step out and do it. And then I'm hearing you talk and you were like, yeah, you know, you um, going through the Peak District, okay, you put it on Insta, you went up, didn't do a practice walk, you just went and done it and mm. people turned up. Have you always been like that? 
No, I'm like a master procrastinator, actually. In fact, I literally give myself anxiety all the time because I wake up thinking about all the stuff that's on my to-do list and then watch Netflix. <laughs> so, so no, I'm not that. Um, I would say Black Girls Hike is the one thing that I've been consistent with. And like, I'm quite proud of myself because I was like, I've proved to myself that once I'm consistent with something, I can actually smash it. Because I always knew I had the potential, but I'm just really I'm quite lazy. Well, you, you can all be lazy. Yeah, we can all be lazy. <laughs> what is it about Black Girls Hike that made you consistent with it? It's the, it's the responsibility of it all. So, like, people want to come to the hikes. And once I've started it, I feel like I can't just stop it because it was gaining so much traction. And also, I was really enjoying it as well. But then you also feel like you have a responsibility now to the community that you, you know, you provide in this service. And people are, like, it's like meaningful for people and it's having an impact on them and it's helping the mental health, et cetera. So it kind of just like became a job before, like while I still had a job, it just kind of like became like a, like a part-time job. Like when I used to be at the civil service, my manager was talking to me, but like, leave me alone. I've literally got emails. <laughs> right. But it's interesting because I feel like I've done a few things and I've tried to run a few things in the past anyways. And there's a lot of things I've tried to start and I just couldn't do it. And you know what? Because I was with, out with a friend yesterday and I was talking about that. And I was like, I feel that with a thousand voices, I guess I'm, I'm not three years in like you guys are yet. But I've been consistent with it since I've started it over the last, when I started under the past couple of months or whatever. And a lot more so than other things I've started in the past. I feel like it's, for me, it just boils down to passion mm. because it's about something that, it's it's something that I really really believe in on a very on a personal level, and I guess mm -hmm. that's what keeps me going. Like, mm -hmm. um, is that would you say that's the same for you as well? Or? Yeah, like I'd say Black Girls Hike has kind of become all consuming now, so it's just kind of taken over my life. Like I was on the phone to my friend today, and we was having a catch up, and she was like, "You haven't mentioned anything that's going on in your life," and I was like, "Because that is it. This is just Black Girls Hike now. It's just kind mm -hmm. of like taking over my life." Yeah, and that what was the first hike like? So you've got your your community. Even you haven't even done the path before. <laughs> How was it? I was late because <laughs> I didn't drive until last August. So I don't know how I was running this hiking group that like up everywhere's really UK, far. Without driving. Up, exactly, up and down the UK. And that's another testimony that you can do whatever you want to do if you set your mind on it. So I was an hour and a half late because I had to wait for my sister to give me a lift. So when I got there, I remember thinking, I can't even believe these people actually waited. And then I was like, kept on checking the route because it was one of those written routes where it tells you, when you pass this bush, go through this gate. So we managed to make it to back to the start, but I was honestly, I was genuinely just winging it, <laughs> just winging yeah. it. But it was, it was a nice, it was a nice atmosphere because it was just seeing all these people that had come out that are like, some of them had hiking experience already, but had never had like black women's hike with before. Some of them had no experience whatsoever. And it was just like, the thing is with black girls hike, it's like, once you turn up, it's like you're just best friends with everybody. Like everyone, it's like one of those things. So it's just always like a really nice vibe. Yeah. And well, now you've probably got, I don't know how many hikes you've gone on now, but what would you say is either one or some of your favorite hikes to do? So, oh, uh, my favorite hikes to do? Yeah. Um, I don't have any specific favorite hikes yet because I still feel like I've got so much more to explore. 
Um, we've had some favourite hikes that I've done with the group. So our first London walk in Epping Forest, we had like over 100 women turn up. Wow. And I was almost late again. So I like walked out the tube station to this massive crowd of people. And honestly, I can't even explain the feeling. I was like, like my heart was racing and my stomach was just doing somersaults. And then I was like, mm. someone's going to call the police. <laughs> that was like my first initial <laughs> thought that maybe something like that would happen. And then as I was walking through Epping Forest, people was like, is this Black Lives Matter? Because there was just so many of us and it would have taken you about, 15 minutes to walk from like the front to the end because everyone's obviously at different paces and stuff so we just kind of like dominated the forest and it was just so powerful we was like we're out here man that's real cool that's real cool and since you started black girls hike do you feel like you've learned anything about yourself that you didn't know beforehand yeah do you know what every single day is a school day with detention sometimes it feels like so what have I learned about myself I learned that I I can sometimes like I do give up too easily um, and I can get disheartened too easily I've learned that I'm like not a natural official leader I'm like too personable to be like because now we have like leaders and stuff and we've got like 20 leaders so technically I'm like the manager but obviously I don't feel like I'm not somebody's manager and I don't have that kind of I don't I can't like have that like supervisory capacity because I just I don't take it as seriously I, I probably think that's one of the things and um, what else have I learned about myself that I'm a boss and that I can do stuff and that I have like loads of amazing ideas and the only thing is that I never really know how to put my ideas into practice so it's all just about like trying to I know that I need other people to kind of like be in my network and no one's self-made. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, collaboration is definitely key. Mm -hmm. um, that self-made is a sort of, the word in of itself just sort of implies that, you know, I don't think anyone could do anything all by themselves. Exactly. That's nuts. I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know. And even on that management side of things as well, I think that I feel personally that the best managers even leaders I would say actually are people who are a bit more personable you know mm -hmm. people who are a bit more human you know you don't, you don't want like mm -hmm. some robot that's always stiff-faced and never laughs yeah exactly and also I'm a northerner and it's and it's like so most of our leaders like they're all like southern so like obviously northerners are just like more open more friendly more personable like we we always act like we've known you for ages like that's just how we are and that's really cool because I think people like people. People like people. People, you know, the saying: people do business. People do business with people. They don't do business with other businesses. It's like people just like people, you know. And if you're just yourself, and people, if you're just yourself, and I feel that like if you've got because you got your your why, or you know, you got your what you're doing, Black Girls Hike, which is obviously very cool, and what you guys stand for, and everything like that. So you have got your why in place, and then on mm -hmm. top, you got yourself as a personality, and people are drawn towards that kind of thing. You don't necessarily mm -hmm. have to like be the I don't know the most stiff-faced or the the most traditional kind of manager you might see yeah. people, people just like people I think and they're just drawn that's that's true because I always like for a while I've not done podcasts and stuff and I don't do interviews because I feel like I'm so passionate about black girls hike it just all comes out in a ramble <laughs> but then somebody said to me that like that's what people like because they can see your passion and like it's like it's very tangible if you know what I mean yeah yeah for sure for sure I mean you don't have to be super poly no you don't have to be super poly I, I prefer personally people that just talk normal 
you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Without yeah, but, sounding super polished. Yeah, it's true. But then I'm always really conscious now because I'm on Twitter. So I'm always really conscious of seeing people getting counselled on Twitter for like saying the wrong thing. And I'm just like, ah. um, uh, and, 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 and that's what makes me feel a bit, oh, dear. Yeah, I, I, I get you. I get you. But I, I feel still like in, I, th- I feel the best leaders are people who are just personable, who are themselves. I'm not saying go and say crazy stuff <laughs> and, do, and do crazy stuff. But I think just being yourself is definitely the best. Um, and I mean, clearly it's working. People are drawn to what you do and inspired by what you do. And when I've told, I told my wife and I told another one of my friends about what you're doing as well, because um, I don't think she'd heard of Black Girls Hike. And she was like, wow, wow, wow. This, that, that. She was loving it, oh, loving it. That. Everybody I tell about it loves it. I, feel. I love that. So yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's a super cool concept. Super cool. With Black Girls Hike, so what's... I guess you you only just started hiking in 2019, right? When you mm-hmm. started up, so you was a complete newbie then. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not a hiker myself. But what, what's three years in? So mm-hmm. still probably fairly new compared to like the veterans in the game. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> veterans. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I would still call myself a novice hiker, um, and I think that's one of the things that that makes black girls hike really relatable because like you don't see me like stood on the top of Everest like in like some like blizzard or anything like you just see me like out in the sun doing a little bit of hiking nothing like too strenuous because I want it to be appealing for people because in the outdoors they have this when you think of the outdoors it's all like this challenge and endurance and like language is really important and it's and it's like it's really easy to put people off so I like the fact that I'm a newbie and I let people know that I'm a newbie and you know it's it's suitable for beginners. Don't want people to feel like it's not within their capabilities. So how long are your hikes usually? So our hikes are we tend to do anything between like five to eight miles, and they usually take between like two to three hours, but then it depends because you we get a lot of people who are new to hiking. So, like, you get so many different abilities on a walk that it's really difficult to kind of, you can't necessarily time it. Like, some walks will take absolutely ages because you might have someone that's just a little bit slower. But yeah. generally about two, three hours. Because I always say that we start our hikes at, like, 10 in the morning because I just don't want to take up everyone's day. If you can get home for, like, two, three o'clock, then you can still do something. Cool. And then, all right, so as a still fairly new to the hiking mm-hmm. thing, uh, have you had any... I don't know, funny stories, any mishaps, anything has happened on any hikes? Yeah, so once when the group was like, I think it was like our fourth walk, I got us lost because, so basically when I started Black Girls Hike, like after the first hike, there was like a couple of people that were like, oh, I've been here before I've been there. So I was like, oh, this girl said that she'd been to this one place. And I was like, oh, we'll, we'll do a walk there. And I thought it was okay because she's coming and she's been before. And I never saw myself as the official leader. So like we we ended up getting lost on this moor and it was like really, really poor visibility. It was really windy. One girl fell over and started panicking and we ended up being out for like almost five hours and a couple of people got parking tickets. And I just remember thinking at the end, no one's ever going to come back. Like (laughs) they were thinking like, who's this person that were just letting us drag us onto the moors? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, people did come back. I'm actually I'm quite grateful. But also that moment was like a couple of months after that, I went and started doing some training. And like the more training courses I've been on, 
it's like I can see how dangerous that situation was because <laughs> there was about like 15 of us. <laughs> well, you learn through experience. That's exactly. definitely, definitely an experience to learn from. Yeah. You know, and you said something interesting there as well about how you didn't see yourself as an official leader. So no. when, I mean, when you started up the Black Girl Psych and mm-hmm. it was meant to be a meetup, you didn't see it, you know, becoming what it is now. And then mm-hmm. after a few hikes in, you still didn't see yourself as an official leader. And it got me thinking. So I've read one person I really, really do admire quite a lot, historical figure anyways, is Martin Luther King. And when I've read his, I've read his book and yeah, I've read one biography from him and just, you know, watched all sorts of stuff on YouTube and that kind of thing. And it's a similar sort of thing with him where like he became obviously like one of the most prominent, like the most prominent, him and Malcolm X, the two most prominent figures when it comes to the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and he never saw himself as a leader starting up mm-hmm. he was just doing something he believed in in a way mm-hmm. and he kind of he kind of got roped into it in a way because yeah. he was the perfect candidate he was young he had i think he had a church at the time and he had a good following and he kind of got roped into it so he started in talk here talk there and before you know it he was the leader of the movement and kind mm-hmm. of just i guess that responsibility kept him going in a way mm-hmm. similar to you it's like you get to a stage where like you got responsibility now you've got people who are looking up to you and you just that keeps you going and yeah when you parallel it it's like he didn't set out to become who he was uh, but when people look towards him we, we look at him as like one of the great leaders in black history you know um and it's not like he set out to do it and then you parallel it to yourself it's like you didn't set out to do it but you're doing something that people like and resonate with mm-hmm. and over, you know you just sort of step into that role um and I feel that yeah just you step into that role you just do your thing be yourself keep doing the amazing work you're doing um and yeah people just look up to that and like that kind of thing they're inspired by that kind of thing mm-hmm. I think personally it's it's interesting that because having this conversation with my friend today actually about like being a leader and being seen as a leader and like so now because I don't run all of the hikes like sometimes like I'll go to the hikes and people be like Rihanna's here and like I'll get people being like can I take a picture with you and I'm like me honestly you'll be so underwhelmed but the idea Mm. is I don't want people to like put me on a pedestal and be like she's our leader I'd like them to be inspired by me and feel empowered that they can do it themselves do you know what I mean because we're all just normal people and everybody has that something in them where they could make a change. It's just kind of like, it's the self-belief that people are lacking. And so like, I don't want them to see me as like a leader. I want them to see me as an encourager. Does does the position you're in now come with a lot of pressure? I, yeah, I feel like there's quite a lot of pressure in it. Yeah. Is that something that you, is it something that you constantly think about and have to deal with or you just go with things day by day? Well, last year I was just like completely burnt out and every single little thing was irritating me. And I just felt like people have too many expectations of black founders. They want everything instantly for free. And there's a lot of like emotional labor and uh, yeah, people basically kind of just like feel like as a community member, you're accessible and and you can be used all the time. So I had to take some time out. They took two months off and went away. And now that I'm back, like, I don't feel that as much, if you know what I mean, because I feel like I'm kind of putting more boundaries in place. Yeah, yeah, boundaries, very, very important, very important. Yeah, yeah, they're so important. Like, I had one of our members a few weeks ago, rang me Mm. at, like, 10 past 7 in the morning. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, did you go anywhere nice when you went away for those two I months? To, I went to Colombia. Oh, must be nice there. Nice oh. weather. Nice, nice oh, in the UK. Miles better than the UK. And I saw a pink dolphin on like, so I was on this like Amazon boat tour and I saw this pink mm. dolphin and I just got overwhelmed and I was like, oh my God, I could be in England freezing now on lockdown <laughs> and I'm here. <laughs> but do you need to not speak Spanish there? Well, you kind of do. Well, in fact, you definitely do. So it's not like when you go Europe and they're all like, yo, Bob, yeah, not like yeah. that. They literally just don't speak Spanish. They won't speak English to you. And I quite like that. So I did, um, I did use Google Translate quite a lot, um, but also as well, and this sounds really bad, but I did say this to somebody. I was like, I'm kind of just trying to be on a break, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> so like, if I'm only going to learn conversational Spanish, I'm not having those basic conversations. They're too tiring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's meant to be you time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you time. But what's really nice is you can't get harassed by the men because they can't speak to you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Lovely. Yeah. So since you started Black Girls Hike, how do you, has, has your life changed? Or how, is, how has your life changed? I guess it has changed. Oh, my life has changed so much since I started Black Girls Hike that sometimes I'm like, is this really my life? Like, hmm. I did nothing today and I've still got money and I don't feel like I should be at work. But basically, I quit my job in 2020. Yeah, 2020, I quit my job. Yeah. Um, October 2020. So it was actually one of our group members that was saying, you should be able to quit your job by now. I'm sure you could make a living out of this. Do it, do it. And I was like, obviously I worked in civil service and I'm like, no, it's really stable. Just stay there. It's fine. Um, and then like, it was kind of like the encouragement from the group and their support. Like I inspire them and they inspire me. Like their belief in me actually is what inspires me. So I quit my job. And we registered Black Girls Hikers like um, a non-profit organization. And then I got like an official ambassadorship with Burkhouse and I get like paid by them every year. And then I just started like creating more and more opportunities and I got an agent as well. Um, so yeah, life, is, life has changed like so dramatically now because like work for me now is like going on photo shoots in like beautiful like beautiful countryside just walking around and people taking my photo and then they pay me for it and I'm like I've not even worked <laughs> yeah perfect how, how did that uh Berghouse I'm probably, I'm probably butchering it Berghouse Berghouse how did that come about oh so do you know what's really funny so I was so in 2019 me and my friend were on our way back from carnival and we've been really cheap it was on the mega bus like just mega bus horrendous so we're just stuck yeah. in traffic and then I went on my phone and had an email and it was, hello from Berghouse. I was like, it's my friend. <laughs> and then basically Berghouse were like, oh, we've been following you for a while. We think the work that you're doing is amazing. You know, you're encouraging people to get outdoors, which is what we like to see and we'd love to support you. So then they started sending us kit and then started, like we went on a photo shoot with them. And I remember the first time like, I got like sent some free kit and I was like, oh, hmm. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> I literally never bought anything since. Um, mm. So, yeah, so then they started supporting the group and then they were just, like, giving us bits of kit to, like, lend out with the group. And then they do, like, an official ambassador scheme where they started, like, negotiating that with my agent and you get, like, a you get like a, a yearly payment and then they give some funding towards BGH. And 
prior to that, they were like, they were really helpful because when they just supported us, it wasn't necessarily a box ticking exercise because they weren't necessarily using all of our images and that kind of stuff online. They were just kind of like helping us build capacity, like giving mm. us access to their networks and stuff. Like they helped me get loads of opportunities. So I did like my first presenting job through them. I presented at a festival and that they sponsor and like they got me that role. Nice. Um, and it's a really, it's a great team actually. I really, really like Berghaus. That's really cool. You know, I've got something I want to say about that. Yeah, but before that, you know, when they contacted you, how big of a following did Black Girls Hike have? Oh, we weren't even on a thousand. Yeah. So what I was going to say, because that's that's really important. That's really important because I feel that you can we can be doing stuff here and feel that nobody not getting no views, no followers, mm-hmm. this that. I'm wasting my time. You never know who's looking. You literally yeah. have no idea. Who's mm-hmm. watching what you're doing and people can quit, burn out, stop because they feel like they make you know, no traction. There's this picture I always see on social media where like you got some guy who's just two guys, one at the top, one at the bottom. And the guy at the top, he's like digging and then he stopped right at the end, just before he hit the diamonds, basically. Mm-hmm. And the other person just kept going and they got to the diamond and mm-hmm. like someone's quit because they weren't seeing what they expected to see. But then the other person mm-hmm. keep going and they've hit diamond and you can parallel to this actually because you don't know who's looking no yeah. matter how big your follower you could have 10 followers and then the right person could be looking mm-hmm. but also as well i think if what you're doing is like genuine and like meaningful then the right people will 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 be watching that's what i always think for sure for sure it reminds me there's this book called start with why do you know it no don't. yeah it's so good so i really recommend you know i didn't read that listen to it anyways it's an audio book okay it was proper good and what the guy talks about is about when you're starting a business or anything basically start with your why first why why are you starting this business why are you doing this Mm -hmm. then people will resonate with the why behind what you're doing um so like i say if you've got if you're if what you're doing stands for something it has a bit of substance to it Mm -hmm. people are going to resonate with that and then they'll they can choose you over other people just because they believe in what you're doing believe in your Mm -hmm. vision which is i guess is what happened with black girls and Berghaus and then other people and things and whatever that have come yeah. since then yeah yes. we had loads of brands try and reach out to us but like because our you know like Black Lives Matter was was an absolute headache because like so many people started reaching out to us like during Black Lives Matter like loads of diff- other brands as well but we were already already with Berghaus being supported by them and what I liked about that was the fact that Berghaus supported us when we was just like a really really small organization but then all the other organizations obviously came off the back of Black Lives Matter and they knew about us already. And yeah. So that just goes to show that they weren't, they're, they're not as genuine as, you know, the brands that reach out to start with. I've heard a few people say stuff like that. After Black, Black, Black Lives Matter, everybody's reaching out to them for this, for that. And then why here is that everyone says it's dried up now? Is it the same with you? Yes. It, it just went <laughs> like, honestly, Black during Black Lives Matter, we were getting like, there was one week where we was almost getting a thousand followers a day on Instagram. What? Now, wow. every time we post something positive, we lose about 50, 000, 50 <laughs> followers because all those people that came to follow us to diversify the feed and look for trauma porn and infographics, they're not getting it on our page. I hate that kind of stuff, man. I hate that kind of stuff because they just mashed up everybody's engagement and that's coin. Yeah. And it's not, yeah, it's just so performative, man. You, when, you know, when everyone's putting up their black squares and all that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I was like, cool, great. I mean, black squares, the least you can do. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. the very, and you know, it's those, those, those kind of things are like just so, the simplest of gestures, yeah. 
that literally don't really mean anything, in my opinion. Like, you've got to kind of do something more tangible than that. Like, mm-hmm. are you putting your money where your mouth is? Are you supporting one of these black organizations? Are you hiring black people in the organization? Not, not just putting a black square and then putting a nice caption and that's it. All right, we've done our deed. For now. I know, man. Black square, you get you blocked now. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Don't, don't <laughs> want to see none of no black squares on my thing. <laughs> So, all right, so with Black Girls Hike, yeah, and uh, the community that you, you've managed to build, mm-hmm. what's that, um, how do I even phrase it? So what impact would you say that, I know you spoke about in, your, in a personal sense where it's like you've got your community behind you and you can fall and then they're going to keep you up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose maybe more on the women, the other women in the community. What impact do you feel like that's had on some of the women in the community? Oh, it's been it's been amazing. So last year I got nominated for this award and people had to kind of like go and leave like nominations, whatever. And I got to read through them all. And it was basically people talking about the effect that the impact that Black Girls Hike has had on them. Proper crying. One person was saying mm. that um, like when they was growing up, their families like they didn't go out with their mum and dad. And now they've created like a new hobby kind of like a new tradition for their family that they're gonna kind of like carry on you've got people who we get people who had an upbringing like mine so they're not they weren't part of a black community so like they've come as an out in a place from a place where they've always been an outsider and now they're an insider and it's like it's a feeling that they've never had you know what i mean because no one's ever held them that way um and you get people that it's been really good for the mental health because there's one or two people who might feel a bit anxious about going somewhere for the first time by themselves etc but like with black girls hike we have we have like not like a group chat so like you can arrange lifts with people and all that kind of stuff so i think that really just it really helps people like it's definitely boosted people's confidence um yeah and it's it's inspired people people are getting fitter the mental health's getting better and it's just giving them the confidence to go and do more stuff you know and enter other spaces so last year we had this weekender in the Lake District. We had like women in the 60s jumping off rocks into the into the lake and like kayaking and stuff and saying that they've always wanted to do it. They've never had the opportunity to do it before. So now they've kind of got like this new lease of life. And yeah, they're like, it's just like added years to the life as well. For sure, that's really cool. In fact, yeah, they say that one of the Queen's secrets to her long life is daily walks in the countryside. So they her say. countryside is her back garden. <laughs> oh, Daily walks in her back garden. Then <laughs> they say that's one of the secrets to her long health. What's what's it been like uh, over lockdown? The community did you have challenges on that front as well? Yeah. So like during lockdown, there was you know when Boris kept on changing the goalpost all the time. Yeah. So there was like you could go out in you could go out for an hour. I called those Boris walks, and then you could mm-hmm. go out in a group of six. And then you could be out in up to 30 if you was in outdoors or whatever. So basically during lockdown, I was just like, live by myself, walk. I'm just going to do whatever I'm doing anyway. And also I can travel for work. So like I was still doing like photo shoots and stuff and it didn't really impact me as much. We still started, we were still doing hikes, but just like a couple of like evening ones that were like, um, like just groups of six. But what we also did is we created a directory in our Facebook group so people can put their location in it and then they can say like, oh, I'm, I want to go on a hike, whatever. And then whoever's in that area can like go meet up with them. So that was just a way for people to keep connecting. 
That's really cool. That's really cool. And what have you got any tips for anyone that wants to build a community of some sort that they're passionate about? I would say be consistent, get the right support. Because I think that like with Black Girls Hike, like I turned it into like a nonprofit organization. And like I said, I used to work in civil service, never ran a business before. So like it was every day was a school day because you just don't know what you don't know. So people would be like, oh, have you thought of this? And I'm like, what's that? Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that is. So I would say like, make sure you get in the right support so that you just don't get frazzled. You know what I mean? Like get your structure in place and everything else so that you're just not spreading yourself too thin. So that support in sense, like with other people, you mean? Yeah, support and like other organizations. So there's like, there's organizations like local volunteer centers that can help you with all of your like governance and stuff if you wanted to set up as a community group. And I know that there's like, when you go on the on the internet and you type in one question, there's like a, a million answers and it could be quite overwhelming. Sometimes you just kind of need like that one kind of go-to person or like a mentor. Yeah, for sure. All right. And when I was looking into Black Girls Hike, I saw, I don't know if it was a YouTube video or something like that, where you was talking about you do hikes and then you also do some other things. To be honest, I've never heard of them. So these yeah. things, <laughs> gorging and... Gorge walking. Oh, I'm even butchering it already. Gorge walking. Yeah. What else was there? There was climbing. climbing. Caving. Yeah. Caving. We've done some paddle sports. Um, so my idea was to basically introduce people to all different outdoor activities and then once they've had that introduction try and see if there's any way that we can support them to become like instructors and then leaders in that field so the first thing we did was caving and that was that was fun we did that in the Yorkshire Dales so, so caving that's just walking through caves right underground yeah but then if you go potholing potholing is abseiling into a cave so you're like abseil down and then you like climb back up out of it. And honestly, right. climbing out of a cave, upper body strength is such a myth. Like it was so hard. <laughs> My arms was absolutely killing me. But um, <laughs> yeah. that was really fun. And we did some kayaking. We just actually got some funding from um, this fund so we can get our some of our leaders trained as paddle sport instructors. So then we'll be able to become a provider. So this year we're going to be like delivering our own like services so one of the things one of the main reasons why I started Black Girls Hike is there's just no representation so yeah, we yeah. had a weekend last year and some of the feedback from our members was that they complained we didn't have black instructors you just don't get yeah. black instructors in the outdoors so that's one thing that we're trying to have a push on at the moment we're trying to like create like loads of training programs so that eventually in the future people you know see people that are like them and make it more be more aspirational for them for sure i think even in general you don't necessarily get a lot of black people in other instructors black people in general doing these kind of outdoorsy kind of things um, probably because a lot of black people are just well in the uk we're clustered in major cities and mm -hmm. you don't really get that kind of because i grew up in london mm -hmm. you can probably tell by my accent <laughs> mm -hmm. you don't get that kind of exposure a lot of black people and you know when you think about it, if you caveat it back to wherever it is we you know where we originate from caribbean yeah. africa or wherever um it's not it's not a thing i mean it's just a way of life isn't it people live in the yeah, outdoors I, was, I was in jamaica last year and i was like everything is so green in jamaica mm. like i was like i'm loving it and that's the thing like we are from nature and if you think about like our ancestors we were like so connected to nature and so connected to the land and over time that connection has been severed by racism 
But what we're trying to do is kind of like bring that connection back. It's like we've been cut off from nature in a way. Yeah, cut off. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, then they, and they put a fence around it and was like, you can't come here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how important do you feel like it is for, uh, well, particularly black people to spend more time in the uh, outdoors? I think black people more, need more nature more than anybody in the UK because they deal with so much goddamn racism. So like obviously nature's like so good for like your mental and your physical well-being and it gives you that space where you can go and reset. And I just think as a as a marginalized community that we're basically we're at war all the time. Like we need that more mm. than more than others. So that's why I'm like so passionate about like trying to get more people out because we need it so much. We need that respite, you know, step away and then that clear respite. ahead. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. For real. And yeah, you know what? Yeah, I haven't even mentioned it. So I, was, um, I realized today is literally the three year anniversary for Black Girls Hack. Oh, yeah, it's our birthday. Yeah, li- literally your birthday. Celebrating Ooh. here with a thousand voices. Oh, <laughs> this is lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I should have bought some drink or something like, like crack, crack oh. a bottle of wine or something, but. Well, I already drank. <laughs> I got some water. <laughs> so okay. I'll toast with this water. Oh, thank but, you. Yeah, but congrats, congrats, three years, and you guys have done so much, inspired a bunch of people I know, like all over, way more than, probably way more than you maybe even think. I think anybody that looks and sees what you guys are doing is inspired by what you're doing. Um, whether they're a black woman or not a black woman, like myself, I'll look and I'm like, whoa. Like this is sick. This is yeah. cool, um, and that's all within three years. To be honest, it doesn't seem that long. Three years is not that long time. I mean, to have the impact you guys have had, which is amazing. Yeah, um, it is. And what's what's next for Black Girls Hike? Ooh, what's next? So this year we are starting our international trips, and the idea is that we're just going to go to black countries. <laughs> Um, so mm. we were actually going to start in Madeira because I was like, well, just we'll start with one little European one and then it's going to be like Ghana, Colombia, Costa Rica, Dominica, like all the spots. Um, so we're starting that this year. And then we're also starting some, we've just um, partnered with the RSPB, which is that bird organisation to bring in like a 12 month traineeship. So it's a 12 month paid role for people, um, young people in London and the surrounding areas, they get a salary plus benefits and it's like an introduction to conservation. So I'm really proud about that because that's the kind of thing that was on our business plan because we want to work with, you know, more organisations to bring that kind of stuff in so that, like, obviously the outdoors is not representative, but all of those outdoor organisations aren't as well. Um, so they they need kind of, they need to be diversified as well. So we're hoping that we can create a new generation of of people that they can employ so that so that then they can't turn around and be like well we didn't know <laughs> <laughs> cool that's real cool with that international aspect actually i know some people that might be interested in that how do people how would you find out like how do you keep up to date with that well huh. we're having like a bit of an issue with that at the moment because the people that are planning it for us have just like the communication's been really poor and we're also in the process of updating our website at the moment. So it'll just all be on our social media once it's all finalised. But we also have some wellness weekends coming up. So we've got a wellness weekend coming up in Wales. And we've got an activity weekend coming up in Dartmoor. So in Dartmoor, we're going to be kayaking, yoga, gorge walking and hiking. And in Wales, we're going to be doing yoga and hiking. And we're also going to do one of them sip and paint sessions i just got all the stuff for that 
Oh, nice. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. All right. Cool. So let's uh, actually, before we go into quick fire, let me ask you on your reflecting back, I'd like to just a couple of reflective type questions. What would you say has been the highest high and the lowest low? Or one of the highest highs, one of the lowest lows so far? The highest high was definitely quitting my job. Um, yeah. And oh, the lowest low was. I think it was like, like during Black Lives Matter and the pandemic. And we just had so many people reaching out to us and I was just a little bit frazzled and we was getting like so much media exposure, but we was also getting like absolutely trolled to death as well at the same time. And then I think that that was probably quite a bit of a low because at that point I was still like reading the comments. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> I, was, I was still reading the comments and I, and I was finding that a little bit, a bit difficult to be honest, but I can't really say what whether there's been a really, really low low during BGH. Like we've had like one or two wayward individuals come to the group and like I've always had to manage them and that's been a bit awkward. But other than that, it's been fine. Oh good. All right. And finally, before we go into quick fire then, what do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be someone who created opportunities for the community and helped people realize their hidden talents and their ambitions and gave people the confidence to, per, to pursue what's going to make them happy and to stay in their own lane. I always have this thing and I don't really like to quote Dr. Umar Johnson because he's a bit of an idiot now, but he, he has this <laughs> one thing where he says, don't live in the prison of other people's opinions. And I think we do that so much as people you know, when you're like, I need to go to uni, I need to buy a house, I need to get married, because that's like, you're living in a prison of other people's expectations. And that's what you need to get out of. For sure. All right, that's perfect. Cool. Let's go into quickfire. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Let me get it up. Uh, okay, here they are. It's 10 questions. 20 seconds per question. This is what I say. I'm, I'm not going to be counting it. <laughs> 20 seconds. And I feel the first few questions are probably a bit easier. Um, and as we go through it, it gets progressively a little bit more difficult, but just whatever comes to your head, shout okay. it out. Cool. Okay. Good to go? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. First one. What's your favorite movie? Sister Act. Oh, classic, classic, classic. Cool. Next, what's your favorite book? Mm. Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Okay, interesting title. Next, name a song that you can never get bored of. Oh, it'd be something out of Sister Act, Oh Maria. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, next. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Oxtail. Love it, oxtail. All right, next. How do you start your day? Scrolling. <laughs> Scrolling <laughs> on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Name three people that inspire you. Anjali Sweeney, who is one of the members of my group. Um, Zeta, Zeta Holborn, who is the founder of Barack, Black Activist Rising Against Cuts. And who else do I love? Kelly Holmes. 
loved Kelly Holmes all the way through school because I was like the only black person at my school and I used to run and people used to call me Kelly Holmes and I was like, I don't mind that. <laughs> I remember Kelly Holmes winning Bring Home Gold. I yeah, yeah, that. she's fantastic. Yeah, for sure, definitely. All right. What's the best advice you've ever received? Loose lips sink ships. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, next. If you were to dedicate, of course, might be might be obvious for you actually, but if you were to dedicate the rest of your life to one charitable cause, what would you pick? Black girls hike. Yeah. And next one, what's the kindest thing that someone has ever done for you? People do nice things for me all the time, actually. Um, so I'm really struggling with that one. Yeah, you can just pick one thing then. <laughs> um, when I was... Oh, oh, I don't know. I literally just don't know. Some, sometimes these questions are tough, I mean, especially yeah, yeah. when you asked on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think. Can we come back to that one? All right, we'll come back. Uh, we're on the last one now, anyways. So what's one thing that people don't know about you? One thing that people don't know about me. My surname used to be... Re I, oh, actually, that's boring because people would know that. No, <laughs> I, oh, one thing not everybody might know about me is me. My, I share a birthday with one of my younger sisters. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. When you guys were growing up, then you had to, like, share. <laughs> so, no, share no, she's got a different mum to me. I'm not sharing nothing with her. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. That's all the questions. Other than if you want to go back to the kindest or oh, a kind thing that someone's done for you. A kind thing that someone's done for me. So during my lock, so like I said, I have a really good neighbours. And during my lockdown, the guy who lives next door to me is like my granddad. If I ever, ever had any printing or anything, he'll do it. When I was learning to drive, I bought myself a car and I couldn't drive it by myself. And he was taking me out in it. And then during the lockdown, he was classed as vulnerable. So he was getting these food parcels from the counseling and he used to like send me a text message and tell me that he left me fruit at my front door <laughs> oh, that's nice <laughs> that's really nice actually one of those stories that puts a smile on your face it is it's really nice <laughs> yeah cool all right that's that that's everything that's cool be done thank you so much really 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 appreciate you coming on and talking sharing your stuff sharing your inspirational journey it's been so good thank you so much thank you. thanks for having me anytime anytime uh, before we wrap up, have you got any closing remarks? I have some other people that I would like to suggest that you get on this podcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, definitely. so Anjali Sweeney, who I mentioned, she is one of the members of Black Girls Hike, but then she is also one of the founding members of Tap the African Pot. And they are an organisation in Manchester who creating like loads of schemes and programmes to like further the black community. She's like absolutely phenomenal. If, if someone said to me, who would you want to be like when you were older? I'd be like her. And then mm. Zita Holborn is one of our, like, um, she's been like an activist for years and years and years. And I think what I find really frustrating is like the activists that are doing the Lord's work day in, day out, nobody knows about them. Whereas mm. Zita Holborn, she, um, she's one of the executives for the union that I used to be a member of. And she's also one of the founders of, black activist rising against cuts and she is someone that's really like she's just such a community member we're like so blessed to have people like her craig pinky is another person that i think is do you know craig pinky no nah. 
So Craig Pinky is like a criminologist who's all about like getting people like out of gangs and creating like positive outcomes for people. He's based in Birmingham. He's like a really someone that I've followed for years. And do you know when you're like, yeah, you're the shit you are, brilliant guy. Yeah, like, yeah. loads of amazing stuff for the community, and I love it. Do you know them personally? These people? Well, obviously, the I know us too. I know Angeli and Zeta personally. Yeah. Oh, you should get that um Quadjo on. You know the guy that's doing the social housing thing. Oh, I've seen him. I've seen him on Insta recently. Yeah, he's yeah. a good guy. I think he would. You know, I'd definitely should try to reach out to him. Yeah. All right, that's perfect. All good. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that. Any anything you want to say about Black Girls Hike um, before we wrap up? Black Girls Hike forever. It's our birthday. <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> that's it all right cool that's that's that then thank you so much for coming on oh and where can people follow black girls hack actually so you can follow us on instagram bgh underscore uk or you can check out our website which is bgh.com cool that's it perfect people definitely check it out very very inspiring organization um and a very inspiring person so for yourself Rian. so thank you so much once again Thank you. Really appreciate your time this evening on Black Girls Hike uh, three day, three year anniversary. Hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. <laughs> Don't drink too much. I will. I'll speak to you soon. And I hope that I'll see your wife at one of our events. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Take All care. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, okay, Rianne Fatanik and Dunn. Voice number 13 done. Just 987 left to go. If you haven't subscribed already, please do subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this on. It really does help us in trying to amplify these voices that we're speaking with. And let us know what you thought about this episode. Leave a comment or a review wherever you're listening to this and let us know what you thought. Next week, as always, we've got another very special guest to the podcast. And as always, follow us on our social media pages at 1000 Voices UK so you can see clips from that episode before it comes out. But that's that for now. Thank you for tuning in once again. This is a thousand voices. That was Rianne Fatanikan. And for now, people, we're out.